When we first began growing here at Longleaf Breeze, our focus was on annuals, things we planted every year. But lately, we've had more and more fun with things that we can plant and that will grow year after year after year without our having to replant them. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of May 24th, 2012. I agree with what you just said. I would have never thought I'd be able to walk out into my vegetable garden and see in fact, not just see, I'm harvesting green beans from a plant that I did not plant. So we're going to talk <laughs> about how that happened. Just to pique your interest, though, we wanted to throw that out. I, I, like you, I thought our focus would be, and as you said, always will be in terms of the vegetable world, plants that we do have to plant annually. And we have, I have no doubt that tomatoes, for example, are not going to winter over. I'm not going to be you know, having the same continuous tomato plants year after year. So I'll have to replant them. Cucurbits, same thing. Peas, beans, okra, corn, if I can ever get corn to, to do what I want it to do. <laughs> but um, there are some other plants that, first of all, we'll probably talk about plants that are indeed intended to be perennials. But secondly, some plants that have sort of come back even though it might not technically be what happened. Yeah, we can call them functional perennials or yes. fake perennials or yes. whatever. Faux perennials. If faux we... <laughs> perennials, there you go. So, but the more we can rely on food from perennials, the easier, the more manageable we expect our life to be. So. Yeah, and, and I think certainly the biggest perennials we have are the ones out in the orchard, the, the fruit trees. Sure. <laughs> you know. Well, let's begin with those. Um, nuts, for sure. Well, we don't have nuts yet, but yes, I'm thinking of the ones we have already that are perennial. Okay. Um, and then um, among those that we already have planted and are beginning to see produce, um, clearly the... Um, the blueberries are big blueberries winners. Blueberries and blackberries have been big winners this year. That's right. We're already getting results from them. The strawberries don't. I guess you really sh can't call them perennials. Well, they are. The way I'm treating them, they are. You know, they're different well, ways. They of really planting. are. Yeah, they are because they send out daughter plants, and those daughters produce fruit for the following year. So, mine. The way I'm growing them, I'm growing them as perennials. Now, will you go in and? take out the mother plants after this year? I have not been doing that, and I'm also toying with the idea of going to the the um, annual plasticulture way of doing it just because the weeds are getting to me, but that has not been decided. If you use the uh, matted row technique the way we are, yes, you can ha you can have perennials. Yeah. And, and, of course, the problem I'm seeing is that the daughter plants are springing up everywhere. They're not necessarily right in that little row, that little narrow uh -huh. row where I want them confined. They're going out into the, to the aisles. So um, I may have to change strategy on the strawberries. Okay. But right now I have annuals, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Per, I have perennials and annuals, actually, because I have some in the sense that some of the most productive strawberries we have – I planted for the first time this year. They were planted 
in, That's in true. The, yeah. Yeah, we're so, getting good production from those that you just planted. Right. So the, if, even though it's a perennial plant, I'm just, it's the first time I've had that plant out there. Um, the ones that were perennials from last year, not as good a production actually as the others okay but they're different varieties so again i, I i'm the jury's still out on what to do about uh, about strawberries but clearly the fruits are going to be perennials for us and we're uh, this year probably for the first year we're going to have meaningful muscadine production i know it's fun to see those develop isn't it and we'll have you know, our very first persimmons this year, which will be fun. And we'll have our first apples and our first pears this year. And we have some Not figs. Not meaningful production, yeah. but our first. Yeah, and, and some figs. Yeah, we'll probably have meaningful production from the figs this year. Yeah. Uh, certainly look forward to bigger years in the future. But we've got several trees that are uh, looking like they're ready to bear, so. That's good. So the fruits, sort of a no-brainer. They're designed to be perennials. They are perennials. They're working fine, and we're glad of it. Um, I guess the biggest change this year among the vegetables would be the asparagus. That's right. We Those are perennials, and, of course, we're not getting any production this year, but we have nice ferns growing out there. They're lovely, and I took a picture of them just before we sat down to record this, so I hope to share that with our uh, folks so they can see the asparagus. And I guess we can uh, talk about those uh, fake perennials here. Yeah, well, you mentioned, and before you leave the, the trees, though, you mentioned nuts. We have not planted any nut trees have yet. have not yet planted any pecans, but that certainly is on the board. Right, it's on the, on the horizon, and that'll be another perennial. But now I'm ready to talk about those fake perennials. What happened is I went out into the, um, you know, when, when the spring started in different, uh, I was beginning to plant peas and that kind of thing, and I started noticing that some of my beans were coming back, at least so it appeared, and uh, the, some lima beans as well as some uh, Kentucky Wonder, some rattlesnake beans. I had not planted a single seed this year, but what I noticed was that some of the lima bean seeds that had dropped onto the ground from last year were producing. You know, when I would dig around in the soil, weeding and that kind of thing, I could see exactly what was happening, which is lima bean seeds from last year were sprouting. Yeah, it's probably important that we clarify. We do not have any um, idea that these plants overwintered no, and came back. No. And that's why we call them faux perennials. What we... as think happened is that the seed dropped off the plant mm -hmm. and became embedded in the soil and did what seeds do. They waited until the growing conditions were ready and then they sprang yeah. forth. Yeah. And while we're on the subject of how those seeds acted, you said we'll always have to plant tomatoes every year and we will, but we do understand that tomatoes will uh, drop seed in the ground and the there will be plants that grow from those seeds. That's true, even though I have not observed that out in the garden. Exactly. But what's interesting is I do have a tomato plant growing in the compost pile. And I'm sort of wa I'm waiting to see what it does. <laughs> okay. Growing in the pile. Yeah, yeah. 
Now, are you talking about the the pile of finished compost or the, the, yes, the, the hot compost? No, the pile okay. from last year. All right. So apparently some, some tomato uh, residue that we discarded last year, the seed survived and did exactly what you're saying. So, so you mentioned the um, Kentucky Wonder, the rattlesnake, and... And I guess we also have some returning lima beans, right? Yes, we do. All right. And, of course, since we're talking compost, um, the our f- old favorite of uh, compost <laughs> squash is back, too. So and we're <laughs> looking forward to that. It's, it's interesting that that compost volunteer squash is thoroughly infested with squash bugs. Yeah, I, I've had to pick them off, but we ate one of the zucchini last week. And it was from great. That. It was great. So, you know, that's another one that because of seeds in the in the compost and overwintering and the whole nine yards, we have eaten fruit of last year's labor. So it's kind of fun. Now, this is just pure speculation, but I'm, I'm going to log this in in our wouldn't it be wonderful department wouldn't it be wonderful if by using that compost volunteer cucurbit whatever it is it looks like a zucchini well we had a zucchini but there are some others out there too that it has adapted to the squash bugs not so that it repels them but so that it muscles through them that would be nice i'll keep an eye on it yeah <laughs> Well, we'll see. Um, yeah, that's right. That's something we will have to watch. But for it to do as well as it is now doing, despite the fact that it had, that it's thoroughly infested, is encouraging. Yeah, it is. So we'll we'll see. Um, now there's some other perennials that I plan to plant, and I've bought seed for that. Um, some, um, and we'll talk more about it as we get into the fall because I don't have my list right in front of me. But I know leeks, there was a, a variety of leeks that's supposed to be perennial that I purchased. And is it suited to the Deep South? We hope so. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and those are the sorts of things that I think we would like to to begin growing even more than we are now, those yeah. root vegetables, the tubers. Yeah. And it's going to be a, a matter of, gauging when to plant them and when to harvest them because it's not like a tomato where you can look at it each day and see how it's doing. You sort of have to read the tea leaves mm-hmm. to know when it's time to harvest. Yeah, yeah. And what are some others? Have we talked about... Well, our Jer- friends John and Kathy grow Jerusalem artichokes. Uh, even here in central Alabama, which is a little unusual, normally you think of Jerusalem artichokes as suited for... Um, cooler climate than mm-hmm. this but they've done well with them and we expect we will be able to do well as well so yeah. we're going to try some jerusalem artichokes and sorrel sorrel is another possibility we've never really i don't think we've ever tasted sorrel so yeah i'm not sure but um, i mean i don't remember it so there's certainly uh, there are all kinds of herbs well and, and you know speaking of um, plants that seem to be perennial because they've overwintered. I have had some herbs to overwinter. My chives look beautiful out there. Okay. And they went through the winter and still going strong. Um, had some nice parsley that overwintered and looked gorgeous for a while. And then a big part of the half the plant just broke off and the rest of it's not looking too great right now. So um, that, and so I bought some new parsley plants. Uh, and there's a perennial form of kale. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't think we have any of it. I don't think we've tried to grow any perennial kale, but there is such an animal, so um, we'll probably want to give it a try at yeah. some point. Yeah, I just think, and there are a lot of um, naturally occurring plants that the Native Americans uh, harvested that, that are perennial. They're, I mean, they're continuous, so I think we can look into other possibilities over the years to as ways of feeding ourselves on a continuous basis. And speaking of feeding ourselves on a continuous basis, I guess the uh, animal perennial that we have on the board coming up very soon, we hope, is laying hens. Yeah, that's right. They they don't just go away after one season. They're still there, you hope. Uh, we hope they'll <laughs> hang right. in there. So yeah. so that's sort of the, the picture of our life shifting more and more from annuals to perennials. And enjoying it. I think we're having a good time watching how that's working out. Yeah, and, and up by the lodge, let's talk about ornamentals for just a moment. What I hope to do there is rely almost exclusively on perennials, just to keep my life a little simpler. Oh, heavens, yes. Yeah. We don't have time to be ornamental gardeners. Oh, well, I plan to be an ornamental gardener, but I would like to start with perennials so that it's a matter of maintaining... And not uh-huh. continuously. But no, I think I'd, I do want it to look pretty up there. But I think there are some beautiful perennials that we can plant that I won't have to reinvent the wheel every spring. And I guess I'll be big on edible landscape kind of plants, too. Things that we can grow that will be pretty, but that will also bear some fruit. That's fine, too. So we'll... That'll be a project for us to think about in the days ahead. Um, Right now, our focus has been so sharply uh, directed at getting the lodge finished so that it's habitable inside. Yeah. But that's a whole cluster of projects, you know, what we do on the outside. That's right. A lot of landscaping to do. Well, I want to talk about something that I have had a great time doing this week. Our daughter, Adrian, and her, uh, our announcer, Adrian Lee Olson, and her husband, Eli, have been spending some time with us this week. And bless Eli's heart, he has been working hard with me here at the farm. Um, we managed to get a section cleared for grass so we can park on it and Eli and I had a trench dug and put in a water line with seven faucets yesterday he was a lot of help that was a lot of fun for me to have the chance to work side by side with Eli and I really appreciate what the two of you did and I'm so glad to have him here to help you because so many of those projects either I've tried to help you and I'm not that much help or you know it's been something you've done while I'm out working with the vegetables. So it's nice to have a son-in-law to um, help out and give you, and the two of you I know enjoyed the companionship as well as just getting the job done. Very much so. Just a lot of fun. And of course now we have that big project coming up that now that we've put that water line in, we're ready. We need to uh, seed that fairly large area with centipede grass. We have received the centipede grass our anniversary present. Yes, happy to each anniversary other. tomorrow. Happy anniversary tomorrow. <laughs> Woohoo! Well, yeah, we, we've gotten to that romantic stage of life when we say, "Well, what do you want for your anniversary, honey?" Um, 
a lawn that we can park on. Centipede. <laughs> Centipede grass. So that's our anniversary gift to each other. But as you said, we need to get it in the ground, get it covered with straw, and utilize those boxes that you and Eli installed and start watering it so that it exactly. can get established. Yeah. Um, and we also ought to talk about the way the blueberries and the blackberries are coming in. I guess we did already say that we're getting meaningful production. Yeah. We really yeah. are. The blueberries, I, mean, I, I can't tell you in numbers, but we'll, we'll have a decent crop of blueberries this year. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's uh, uh, We've talked about this before, being able to get up in the morning. I mean, we did this last year. Get up in the morning and go out and pick enough blueberries to put on your cereal. But now... We're getting to the point we have enough blueberries. You can pick enough for lunch, supper, you know, the, every meal of the day. Um, and I picked some the other day and brought back, and we had a, uh, some friends over to dinner, had bluebell ice cream for dessert and just topped it with fresh fruit, Boy, many of which nice. for, were blueberries from the garden. So it's, it's just so luxurious to be able to go out and get really fresh fruit like that. The same with the blackberries. The blackberries this year, for the first time, are really uh, producing in a meaningful way, particularly right now at least, the Kiowa, the thorny mm -hmm. blackberries. They've come on earlier than the thornless have. Yeah. But we're getting good berries forming on the thornless. They just haven't ripened yet. Yeah. I have a few thornless on some older plants that, uh, are, well, I'm, I have a few older thornless plants out in uh, the vegetable garden area. Those plants are about three years old, and they're all producing. And I harvested about maybe four blackberries today off of them. And so. we're getting much better production, as you would expect, on those thornless blackberries that are in the orchard proper because they're in full sun. Yeah. And they are really filled with berries, and we're just waiting for them to ripen. Good, yes. You want to talk a little bit about the our latest ideas about rainwater harvesting? Just very briefly, we had a nice visit with our friends Johan and Pam, who came by yesterday. Johan is quite the expert on rainwater harvesting. We are equipped for full rainwater harvesting here in the barn as soon as we can install the big cisterns that are necessary to make it happen. We've been less sure about how and, and whether to harvest rainwater from the lodge. So that's what we asked Johan to help us think through. And you and I have not had a chance to talk about the plan that is taking some shape, but it's very expensive, you know, what we're talking about doing. And you and I have to think through whether we're really going to get our money's worth out of that before yeah. we install. Turns out we would have to install three separate cisterns and two separate pumps. Mm -hmm. and yeah. It's just, um, I'm, I'm, I'm frankly just not sure that it's the right thing to but do. But we can do something, even just if we have rain barrels out there. Even if we just put rain barrels, it'll help some. Yeah, so, well, good. It's good to be thinking about these things as we develop our plan and get uh, toward completion of the lodge. But um, we're just about out of time for today, so why don't we say goodbye and wish you a very good end of May. We'll look forward to catching up with you again next week as we conclude the month. So have a great week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. 
Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.